This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. I like to think I'm down to start beef. Uh, We've got beefs with Skepta. We've got beefs with other crap rappers whose names just elude me at the moment. I can't remember who we're beefing with. Eli Roth, what's up? Although our... Episode being mean to you, I think, has fallen off Spotify and Apple Apple Podcasts at the moment. We'll have we, to get we, back to we it. We will solve that at some point. Yeah. And if we don't, then we don't, is the other thing. We spoke we spoke last week about ephemeral art. Perhaps that was the cipher after the rap show. And if you were there, you're there. I and mean, if, if I was going to be honest, this podcast gets good around episode 40, 50, 55. 50? Yeah. Maybe, like, yeah. start from our second year. I do think there is some, well, like let's not get too sidetracked, but I, I, I do, I do think there are some gems in the early, in the early phases that are worth checking into. But like beefs, I'm generally pretty happy with. And I was interviewed on a reasonably popular law podcast. Um, it's run by a friend of mine, Mike Bromley. It's called Beyond Billables. What up, Beyond Billables? What up, Mike Bromley? Horror, horror podcast <laughs> connection. What's going on? And Mike opened up the interview to be like, "Hey, what's it like?" being Australia's most notable or most popular lawyer or something like that. And I was like, no, that's not like, I was like, no, that's not me. It's Jahan, this guy, Jahan Kalantar, um, who is really great and is everywhere and is all over TikTok and all over LinkedIn. And he's like, you know, and I said something like, oh yeah, like he snatched the title of, you know, being top of social media. And there's this other guy, James, James Diamond from the Gold Coast, who is this extremely beautiful young guy who spent some of his time in New Zealand and is really, really popular on TikTok and LinkedIn as well arced up to be like, oh, fuck, like, fuck Jahan, I'm the king and you were never the king. And so, like, in a, in a, ban- in a bantery, lighthearted way. And I just sort of realised, like, I was like, I'm just on the precipice of really diving into this beef and really wanting to get into it. When I was like, oh, this is not quite as productive as 50 Cent promised me it would be because it's distracting me from doing actual work. So I did what contemporary 50 Cent would do and just allowed Jahan and James to fight it out and just sort of receded gently into beef retirement. So, look, if there's anyone I'm beefing with at the moment who wants a more conciliatory side to me, conciliation, what's up? Okay, first of all, as much as we pay out 50 Cent, I feel like you've based a lot of your life on that book of his you read. Like, real talk, I feel like you've learned a lot from 50 Cent's book. Am I wrong? It's actually really true. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really good book. (laughs) Okay, second of all, I'm just going to... Because I was thinking about this. I, I, yeah. I, I've been thinking about this. And what I love about you is the unpredictability of how you form your beefs. So I'm just <laughs> going to throw out a few names to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and I want it. you to tell me... Talib Kweli, boo, he sucks. <laughs> you can have beef with Talib Kweli. <laughs> all right, okay, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Let's, let's start on the rap tip. Um, yep. Ascendant UK grime rapper Dave. 
Oh, Dave, I've got sort of endless love for Dave, although I do wonder whether I'm just surfing the endless love the internet has for Dave. But basically, 11 out of 10, the way I feel about Dave is how everyone else feels about Kendrick. Like, it's funny, with Kendrick, I acknowledge that Kendrick's very good, but he just doesn't have my heart. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's very good. Yep, yep, congratulations. But with Dave, I'm like, oh, Dave, marry me. You're the best. All right. Um, uh, let's let's just go in a completely different direction. Mm. Australian treasurer Josh Frydenberg. Uh, I admire the um, vigor with which he's engaged with his hairline, uh, which is, you know, I'm not I'm not there yet to ready to go. Hey, I'm going pretty bald. Let's cut it all off. But he's an inspira- He's a style icon and an inspiration, and that is his sole redeeming feature. And if only, if only, if only. The, like one of the great moments, I've forgotten who the commissioner was for the Banking Royal Commission. Shag, was it former Justice... I've forgotten, I've forgotten, the forgotten the idea I'm re- that like, I'm flattered that you would ask me who that would be. But there's this great moment of Frydenberg wanting to be like, hey, thanks for the report. And he tries to shake the former commissioner's hand. So it's Hayne, wasn't it? Commissioner Hayne. And Hayne's like, mm, I'm, I'm not very happy about shaking your hand. Like, I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not really about it. So Frydenberg, eat shit. What's up? Get at me. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you suck. <laughs> All right. Vince Vaughn. Uh, is he the smartest out? Oh, sorry, Vince. I thought you said Vic Mensa. Vic Mensa. I was like, yeah, Vic, Vic, Vic Mensa. Yeah, he's awesome. I think Vince Vaughn sort of sucks, but is a relic of a bygone time <laughs> when we used to care about people we no longer care about. Because I, I, I can imagine a lot of people our age and older are like Vince Vaughn, so charismatic and cool. And if you mention Vince Vaughn to anyone under the age of 35, they'd be like, do you mean Victor Vaughn, the, you know, Daniel DeMille MF Doom character? Oh, because he's very cool. It's like, no, no, Vince Vaughn. So the reason why I bring that up Mm. is today's film, we're returning to Splatstick, one of our favourite genres, which is walking the incredible tightrope of being a comedy that still gives us at least the gory thrills of horror, if not the Mm. scares. And today's film is actually a really surprisingly well-made film. And, yeah, I think, like, let's just get into it because I've now sort of given away the fact that it's got Vince Vaughn in it. If you know anything about horror, you know where we're going. Today we're going with a very now-era mashup of genres that is very much a splat-stick coming-of-age film. Today we're doing a film called Freaky. Okay, I've not heard of this. Actually, like, really fucking good. Good morning. Good morning. That's me, Millie. Ordinary, boring Millie. I love your dress. I think I saw it at Discount Bonanza. <laughs> okay, so I was never the most popular. Homecoming's this weekend. Booker is gonna be at the dance. And boys never really noticed me. Honestly, if this was a horror movie, I'd be one of the first ones to get killed. Cute, the creepy dude in the mask. But actually, it turns out... Where am I? I didn't get killed. Oh my God, why do I sound like that? I woke up in the killer's body. The Blissfield Butcher strikes again. Don't freak out. You're black! I'm gay! We are so dead! Will you stop? It's me, it's Millie! Hill, Hill, Blissfield, I feel our glory and our might. And not only is that psycho wearing my body, he's killing it. 
Oh my God, it's a slaughterhouse. I have like less than six hours to swap back or I'm gonna be stuck in this body forever. Hurry up, loser, I gotta take a dump. I have to admit, it hasn't been all bad. I'm sorry, sir, I didn't mean to interrupt. I... Move! How's that feel? I'll make you wish your stupid face was never born. I want my body back. Come and get it. Now, we went in on boring trailers when we last spoke, Gooey, mm-hmm. and that was a pretty exciting-looking movie with a very upbeat song playing under it. I think I could hear a bit of Lil John, and I still quit with 20 or 30 seconds to go because I was like, yeah, 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 I got it. I don't know what this podcast or the world is doing to my attention span, but I mean, Jiminy Cricket. It still looks fun, though. Good horror film you can explain in a tweet. This one's yep. really simple. Imagine Freaky Friday, but instead of the teen girl swapping bodies with her mum, she swaps bodies with a serial killer. Yep, 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 yep. Like, it is a fun concept. Great premise, great premise, right? And the more I thought about this film, the more I thought about what... A, like, this is this is really funny. I don't know if this is because I'm in parent mode or whatever, mm. but both you and me did a sort of gap year after we finished school. Yep. You went and worked in a, a community house in the UK. Yep. I went and lived in Spain for a little while. Mm. They weren't easy experiences, but I think we came back better people. Like, I think when you when you go through a hard thing, you learn a lot and you come back a better person. If it doesn't kill you, it really does make you stronger. In mm. that sense, I do feel like if you're a teenager and you had to swap bodies with a killer for a couple of weeks and or, you know, a day or however long this film goes for... You'd be such a better person after it. <laughs> if you survived it, don't you reckon? Like, you'd learn so much about yourself and the world. Like, we've spoken previously as well about, like, the body consciousness of teenagers, of, like, you would be forced to divorce yourself from all those little mm. hang-ups you'd have about your appearance and whatever else to be like, no, no, I now know what the essence of me is and I can now empathise with what it is like to walk, you know, a mile in another person's shoes. Yeah, you, like you must emerge changed and improved. I often think about how much different I would have been as a teenager and as an early 20s male, which, as we said, always are the worst people in the world. If you'd swap bodies with a female serial killer? Yeah, well, if it had given me that perspective, mm. if I had had a similar incidence how different I would be. <laughs> I can't believe this is like a, a coming-of-age fantasy movie. It's amazing. So we start with four teenagers discussing urban legends of a serial killer mm. known as the Blissfield Butcher. So it's set in basically like, remember Buffy? Remember how it was set in that, that Hellmouth town? I can't remember what it was called. but Sunnydale. Yeah, Sunnydale. That, that typical sort of Californian-esque town. Mm. This is what Blissfield is like. Nice. You know, it's got the it's got the it's got the main street. It's got the big high school rivalry. It's got the 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 kids the, the loser kids from the drama clique. It's got the whole mm. thing. So what's interesting about this film is just to set the tone from the beginning to be like, no, 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 I want to give some reverence to the slasher genre. Is it starts with essentially a slasher film condensed into about five minutes. So when you actually think about slasher films, there aren't that many deaths on camera. There might be five or six. Mm. And I think this film has, you know, three or four in really quick succession. And they're all brutal. Like, and I'm going to explain these. I'm really sorry. But one of them is like a broken wine bottle through the neck. Nice. But, But like involving the esophagus. So like through the mouth and then out the neck. Like it's pretty gross. There's a head being smashed on a toilet, like so bashed till it's sort of unrecognizable. Uh, okay. 
There's a slightly comedic one of a tennis racket snapped and then put back together on either sides of someone's head. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, you know, so there's there's a lot of... Oh, oh, and then there's someone, you know, being lifted up and put onto, like, a set of antlers. Yeah, okay. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Um, thingo style. Midsummer yeah. style. So there's a whole bunch of murders and the butcher kills everyone in this house for escaping with an ancient dagger known as Ladola. So, you know, the kids start talking about how their parents collect antiques. One of them is this dagger in this glass case. Mm. So the killer is Vince Vaughn, and he does a lot of the head tilting to know that, you know, he's interested or whatever. He mm. sees this dagger, head tilt, he breaks it, and he takes it with him. Yeah, nice. Basically, the other, this movie in a tweet is Chucky, but it's a teenage girl instead of a doll. Yes, 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 straight up. So the next day, bullied high school student Millie Kessler, who is our hero, mm. attends the Blissfield Valley High School homecoming football game where she performs as the school mascot. It is one of those things where someone who is conventionally attractive enough to be the star of a Hollywood film is... Like, I remember high school, and all your popularity work was done if you were good-looking. Yep. Completely agree. Or like conventionally good looking. Yeah. Yeah. So so it, it's not really believable, but then it's horror movie logic, whatever. So because she's bullied, everyone's like, "Oh, nice costume!" Or like, there, there's there's a, there's indications here that she's not popular. It, like, it's also great bullying. Like, I feel like Hollywood is like, you, you know, they, they don't do much right, but I feel like they've got a real command of good, high quality teen bullying. Mm. Like, I was, I was thinking about some of the most effective bullying we had at high school, and you did it sometimes, and I certainly did it sometimes, and it was done to us sometimes, <laughs> of, like, when someone asks a question in class, just, like, a groan of derision that's extremely exaggerated. I'm going, ugh, <laughs> ugh. <laughs> I mean, we talk about this often, like, with hindsight. Mm. The bullies at our high school were funny. Yeah, like, look, and also... Yeah, oh, you... why? Like the idea that if you were even in their vicinity, you know, and thinking about it, like it, it's, it's awful to think about the fact that there were definitely spaces in high school where I just wasn't safe or wasn't welcome at all. And, but then it's actually kind of funny to think about the way that they would make you feel unwelcome and get you out of there was by just going, oh, and my last name's McMullen. So it'd be like, oh, why McMullen? Oh, why? <laughs> it's like, I don't know if this is like Stockholm syndrome or whatever, but thinking back to it now, I'm like, that's pretty funny. It is like, it is, it is, it is pretty, and you see it in this film and you're like, yeah, look, I'm afraid that's pretty funny. <laughs> like the boo one. <laughs> so anyway, so, so anyway, everyone's gone home. She is in a mascot uniform waiting to be picked up. Mm. She calls her mum, who is drunk on the couch. Dad's dead. Mum is not dealing with it super well. She mm. has an older sister who is a policewoman. Mm. So she's waiting for her mum, who's not going to come. Eventually, her sister's like, Mum's drunk. So sorry. How long have you been waiting there? I'll come get you. Mm. Now, as she's waiting for this ride home, the butcher attacks her, and there's this big chase through the stadium. It's pretty scary. Lights going on on the stadium, the lights going off, and it's all very theatrical. He's a very theatrical killer. It's more butcher shaming as well. Like, butchers don't even kill the animal. <laughs> like, that's, that isn't even what they do. <sighs> Should be the Blissfield, like... Yeah, executioner. And you, and you don't say farmers anymore, you say primary producer. It should exactly. be the Blissfield primary producer. Justice for butchers is another <laughs> big theme of this podcast. Justice for butchers. So 
he chases her through the stadium, eventually cornering her. And this is Vince Vaughn. And it's kind of weird seeing Vince Vaughn as a killer because for most of the film, he plays it in a very Vince Vaughn way. Vince Vaughn has one character, which is Vince Vaughn. Mm. And he's definitely Vince Vaughn in this film for most of it, except when he's the butcher. Anyway, so he stabs her in the shoulder with Ladola. As soon as this happens, there's this crazy magical moment where all of a sudden we're seeing like Incan pyramids and then he gets a similar wound in his shoulder. Millie's older sister, Char, who, as I said before, is a police officer, arrives and scares mm. off the butcher. The police collect Ladola as evidence and initiate a manhunt for the butcher. Mm. Millie goes home and she's just clearly in shock. She's mm. questioned by the police and then goes home. Mum wakes her up in the morning and she hasn't said a thing, but eventually we discover that they've switched bodies. And there's a really funny scene where Millie, as Vince Vaughn, wakes up in his hideout, which is filled with like animal carcasses and just <laughs> scary things on the wall. And it, it's just a fun moment to be like, I live here. Like, this is where I live. Like, what? I love that like, he did all his murders and then just went back to his lair. It was like, whew, another, <laughs> another, another good night of murders. Oh, I'm going to turn in. <laughs> Shay, can you just go video off and on? I haven't been able to see you for about 20 minutes. Okay. Hey, got you. What up? What up? Ugh, just another night of killing. <laughs> well, better, better hit the hay. <laughs> so... The following morning, they both make their way to Blissfield Valley High School and there's this great moment where Millie, who, well, the, the actress playing Millie, Catherine Newton, walks into the school but with this newfound confidence of a serial killer. Nice. And it's kind of amazing. It's a great moment. Very Jennifer's body. So at school, the butcher, now posing as Millie, kills Millie's chief bully, Ryla, by locking her in a cryotherapy tank in the girls' locker room cryotherapy it's that thing where they like if you're like an elite sports person you go into like a like a sub-zero temperature for like 10 minutes or something you know they do that like i don't understand elite sports but from what i understand a lot of the really expensive schools in sydney have them as part of their like war of attrition to be like well we have this equipment too I'm pretty sure one of them has like a zero G chamber or just some, like they have these, like, or like a high altitude training chamber or something like, yeah. Anyway, so it's just, it's an element of elite school sports is that they have these chambers. She is locked in one of them and she freezes to death. The real Millie basically opens it up. She falls out and crashes into a million pieces. Nice. He realizes his innocent appearance grants him immunity from suspicion and fatally slices woodshop teacher Mr. Bernardi. Now, there's there's another really good subplot that isn't really mentioned here. But you know the actor that plays Cameron in Ferris Bueller and is in Succession? He's, and is in Speed, yeah. Yeah, he is a really shitty woodwork teacher who basically... Vict- like, he's basically another school bully. You know how there are those teachers in school who basically just want to be popular and become, like, part of the cool group and, like, also... But, like, it does happen. Yeah, okay. I'd Usually like, PE teachers, but... I just feel like there's such a divergence between your and my recollection. I'm like, no, high school is pretty shit. I don't you really enjoy it. You have blocked... Like, it was a traumatic <laughs> I, experience and you have blocked it out of your It's just, This is really weird to hear. I'm like, no, nah, don't remember that. <laughs> I was remembering the other day when that dude threw a lock, like an actual lock at my head. And I oh, ducked God. it and everyone was like, ha, 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 classic joke. And I just had to be like, oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do remember that, actually. Yeah, that, that's pretty shit. 
Anyway, anyway, so, 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 so. Anyway, there's a really good subplot. It's not in the Wikipedia thing, but he's a dick. And then anyway, when she becomes the serial killer, she kills him and slices him in half with a table saw. Oh, the woodwork teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah, okay, pretty cool. gross and awesome. She overpowers it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, and she know, she realizes at this point that she's not powerful enough and he sort of overpowers her, but then she's clever enough to basically get the upper hand and kill him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Millie, now in the butcher's body, finds her best friends, Nyla and Josh, and they're basically like, what the fuck? You're the butcher. There's a manhunt out for you. And she has to prove who she is by mm. performing the school mascot's dance routine and answering a series of personal questions. It's really well acted. It's a great moment. And is it, it like, I, I, I just find, look, and it must be a challenge for actors to mimic the movements of another person. But I do hugely feel like it's like, all right, Vince Vaughn, just dance like a 15-year-old girl. Go for it. So there are a lot of reviews online that will back me up. I think he plays a teenage girl with nuance. And there's a scene later on that proves that. So, yes. Yeah, so, I, so, so I, like, I understand, yep. but prepare to be proven wrong. Okay. All right. I'm about it. So they realize what's happening. They link it back to the knife. Nyla and Josh research Ladola and discover that Millie must stab the butcher with the dagger by midnight or else the body switch will be permanent. Later that afternoon... Great, great research resources at this school. Like, that is amazing Well, I don't know if this is, if this is, like, slightly weird, but the Spanish teacher knows about Ladola and is like, let me research this. And I'm sorry, I'm just... And then there's, there's... yeah, like there's a bit of othering. I was like, "Hey, we're mystical other." I know, and, and about it's, mystical it's, other it's stuff. aware enough to know what it's doing, but it still does it. Yeah, well, this, this is a satire point we've discussed before. So later that afternoon, with the school's official homecoming cancelled because obviously the butcher's on the loose and has been killing and stabbing teens, mm. the butcher now, obviously in in Millie's body, mm. suggests a new dance be held in an old mill, which is actually his hideout. Nice. The butcher subsequently lures Millie's crush Booker into a monster mini golf course to kill him, but Millie, Nyla, and Josh arrive just in time to save him. Millie knocks both the butcher and Booker unconscious, and she and her friends bring the two to Josh's house. After tying the butcher to a chair, Millie and Nyla try to explain the situation to Booker, who remains unconvinced until Millie... So keep in mind, here's Millie, who, who is trying to convince her crush who she is, but she's now in the body of Vince Vaughn. Yes, 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 which is yes. Which is really, like, and this, this whole relationship is handled so well. So Booker is unconvinced until Millie recites the love poem she anonymously wrote to him weeks earlier and left in his locker. Would you remember the text of a love poem you anonymously left As to someone As a 15-year-old, maybe. I still remember so many lyrics from that time. That you wrote? No. Yeah, I just don't... I'd be like, cool, I've done it now. This is the... Yeah, well, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Meanwhile, Josh watches over the butcher while Millie, Nyla and Booker drive to the police station to obtain Ladola. Nyla tricks Char, the last officer in the station, into leaving so she can steal the dagger. Waiting outside in the car, Booker reveals that he has always liked Millie and Millie divulges how she enjoys the newfound strength and confidence she feels while in the butcher's body. So they have this... They have this incredibly tender scene. It's Vince Vaughn and a teenager, which eventually ends in a kiss. And I, I don't know how it's, it's... It's like 
describing the end of the relic. If you go back to episode whatever the relic was, maybe episode 60-something, mm. it's a beautiful moment that you kind of have to watch. It's so well handled. And at this point, you're like, no, no, Vince Vaughn has put in the work. Yeah, but but he's cast as someone who is an adult playing against someone who's cast as 15. Yeah, So, but he is essentially a 15-year-old girl in this scene, and it's, it's, a, it's a kind of amazing moment. Anyway. Uh, uh, the butcher escapes Josh's house because obviously the butcher is in Josh's friend Millie's body and Josh's uh, mum comes home and is basically like, what the fuck? Why is Millie tied up? You've got to mm. let her go. She, uh, obviously once she's untied, she gets loose and everything goes crazy. The butcher eventually escapes uh, and Char catches Nyla stealing Ladola. Still in the car, Millie sees the butcher enter the police station and runs in after him, but Char tries to detain her because obviously they're flipped, unaware yep. of the situation, so the butcher's available to steal Lodola and escape in Char's police car. At the Blissfield Valley High homecoming dance out at the butcher's mill, the butcher kills... Th- now, this is a this is a really full... There are, there are so many intense moments in this film, and this is one of the worst, where... Basically, a couple of the high school jocks who were like, wow, Millie, you're really hot now. Let's go, like, somewhere private. Basically, Mm. three of these jocks corner her privately and kind of attempt to assault her, thinking that it's Millie. And at this point, she basically is just like, fuck this, uh, the butcher kills all of them. And Mm. it's, it's, it's an intense, difficult moment, but it's quite... It's it's kind of, like, a lot of the deaths in this film, you're like... You know, it's the evil teacher. It's these awful, like, assaulting high school okay. jocks. You're just kind of like, oh, okay. So you're going, yeah, let's go, butcher. Yeah. Or, like, what are you, mm. yeah. So as midnight approaches, Millie finds the butcher and both Nyla and Josh hold him down while Booker staves off the police. Millie stabs the butcher with Ladola. Now, almost gets it wrong. There's this subplot about how they always set their their watch like five minutes early. So Mm. it feels like they're out of time, but then they make it and they stab them and they switch bodies just in time before the police shoot down the butcher. Later, Millie and Booker reunite now in the correct body and they kiss again. Nice. Now, after faking his death in the ambulance, the butcher escapes and follows Millie home and attacks her. Now, at this point, Millie is home with her mother and her older sister, who's a police officer, and comes in and sort of easily overpowers all of them and causes a mad scramble, throws Millie into a table, and there's this, there's this really kind of cool moment where he's basically like, wow, like, it, it's not so great being like you now, is it? Like, I got to experience what it was like being you, and you really aren't very tough, and you're filled with anxiety after your dad's death, and... Yeah, it sucks to be you. And, you know, I'm essentially putting you out of your misery now. And she then goes, I did learn one thing when I was in your body. Having balls sucks. Kicks (laughs) him in the balls. At this point, mum comes in, bashes him. Sister comes in, knocks him over. Millie then picks up the severed leg of the table that she was thrown into, stabs him in the back, and then kicks it through his back, like killing him. There's a moment earlier on in the film where somebody's like trying to big up Millie and make her not feel so isolated. He's like, you know what? No, Millie, like you're a real piece. And she ends the film by being like, you know what? I am a fucking piece. And that's it. That's the end of the film. That's the end of Freaky. 
Oh, that's a bizarre like <laughs> closing note <laughs> of sort of dehumanizing uh, our you know powerful uh, hero just at the final moment. But Shag, it strikes me as gripping. Uh, I, I imagine it's very watchable. It's a wonderful film, and to my point earlier, I feel like Millie would be a far better person and far more, you know, would have a lot more wisdom after this. Like, this was a gap year's experience gap in year. a couple so of days. that's why you raised it. This was Millie's gap year. This was Millie's gap year. This was Millie's gap year. <laughs> that's, that's such a great idea. You know, as a parent, you know that you have to put your children, like, you have to allow your children to experience adverse things for them to grow, right? You know this very well as a parent. Empathy, empathy, yeah. It looks a difficult lesson to learn. And so at some point, if in Golden Child's life, like some serial killer's like, we're going to have to swap bodies, part of me's going to be like, maybe, maybe this will be a good experience for Golden Child. Maybe we'll learn heaps. So all gap year providers now are just trying to find Ladola <laughs> that is desperately looking for Ladola. <laughs> Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?